Now, getting to the message today, this whole week, I've, I've been, I, I hear it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever remembered the days where uh, you had uh, uh, television that would pick up uh, stuff, uh, interference. Uh, we grew up in the country, and there were a lot of men that hunted, and they used the CB radios. Remember the good old day of the CB radios? Their trucks had antennas so long that they would hit the light lines, you know, and then the truck would stop, and 10 minutes later, it was still swinging back and forth. And uh, they had these jacked-up CB radios. They'd put linears on them, which was this amplification so it could go further, reach further. And, uh, and I remember we'd be sitting there watching Andy Griffith or something like that on our little old television with the tinfoil on the antennas. And all of a sudden it would come across, uh, the squiggly lines would come across the center and we'd start hearing their conversation. They would break through into the frequency of the television and we could hear what they were doing, where they were, you know, the dogs were running, the deer and the deer, you know, they're chasing and they're all going this block and turning there and going to that road. And we could tell what was going on there. And uh, that's kind of what's been happening to me this week. There's been this super-powered uh, message, and it's, and it's the message of God, that, that whether I'm watching television, whether I'm working at my office, whether I'm driving down the road, I hear the squiggly lines in my spirit, and I start hearing this powerful voice. And it's God saying, I want you to expect miracles. I want you to expect miracles. I want you to tell my people to expect miracles. I'm a miracle working God. I'm not in the retirement center. I'm not retired. I'm not uh, uh, exhausted. I'm not given out. He says, I want to work miracles in this world in and through my people. So I need their faith to rise up and take hold of the miracles that I have for them. So I'm just here to tell you what I've been hearing all week. God says, expect miracles. I've been texting it. It vibrates so much. It's like, I got to share it with somebody. So I, I pull up a text and send out a text. I'll send it out on social media. I'll stop, I stopped at one red light and I just yelled out of my window, expect miracles. And I don't know if somebody was walking and needed to hear that or what, but, but this is the message of the Lord. Amen. Now, some people say, well, what in the world is a miracle? Well, the general idea would be something wonderful or unusual in an event or an experience or discovery of something so singularly and strange that it awakens this feeling of awe. Wow, that was, that was a, a miracle. I've heard people who've looked at uh, car accidents and the cars crushed up into this little biscuit and they look at it and they see the person driving it is there walking around with not a scratch on them, and they'll say, wow, this was a miracle that you weren't killed or a miracle that you weren't hurt. Uh, you can go to Webster's Dictionary and read what Webster writes about miracles, and he says it's an event or an effect uh, in the physical world that deviates from the known laws of nature, transcending our knowledge of these laws, uh, this extraordinary event uh, about by superhuman agency or supernatural. Now, I like Webster, and Webster helps us out a lot, but I, I, I have to add to what Webster wrote here, because a miracle, I believe, what God is saying, is not something that's just devi deviating from the law of nature, okay? When I watch the sun rise every morning, 
I see a miracle. I see a miracle. I don't know how it happens except by the hand of God. How this, this, this earth is rotating and staying in alignment and its gravitational pull and its water source and oxygen levels at the right level and the bacteria good and bad at the right level that it keeps a balance of life and there's oxygen that's given out by the trees and there's carbon dioxide given out by us that the trees are living on. I, it just amazes me. It just amazes me. We live. Miracles are happening every day day all around us. I don't know how. Dr. East is here. You can sit down and talk with him and maybe he can explain it, but I don't know how my heart keeps ticking, you know. When I'm asleep and I don't even know I'm here, I'm in la-la land of some other place and yet my heart's still ticking and my, I'm still breathing and, and I wake up from that going somewhere I didn't know where I was at and, and, and I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. And, and, and how it does it, I have to plug my iPad up to keep it going. I have to plug plug my phone up to keep it going. I have to, you know, I have to put fuel in my car to keep it going. But there's just something about God keeps our heart beating. He keeps us breathing. He keeps us alive. He's, a, he's an awesome God. He's a powerful God. He's a miracle working God. How in the world would we ever believe the lie that the devil would tell us that the day of miracles is over? He's such a liar. He's such a liar. You know, and I just want to say that miracles is what God did. I mean, read the Bible. Do you think God wants us to know he's a miracle-working God? The answer is yes. Just read the word he gave us. From the beginning to the end, there's miracles of provision, there's miracles of prosperity, there's miracles of healing, there's miracles of release, there's miracles of redemption, there's miracles of peace, there's miracles of all. All through the Bible, God is showing us his signature as a miracle-working God. And some people would say, well, I wonder why God works miracles. Well, there's many reasons the Bible says that the miracles are there. Some of them say that it's proper proof of His divine revelation, that He is, he is revealing Himself to us through miracles. He is showing us that He's not just a concept. He's not just an idea, but He's a God that will touch you right where you're at. He's a God that can turn things around in your body, in your finances, in your home, in your relationship. He wants you to know that He's involved in every area of our life. Hallelujah. So I want us to go beyond Webster and I want us to do a biblical study of, of miracles and look at what the Bible says about miracles and why am I doing this? One reason. One reason. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now that, that is infallible. That is, that is uh, God's Word. So we know that without faith it's impossible to please God. We can't walk in the pleasure of God. We can't see the pleasure of God fully in our lives without faith. So we've got to work on our faith. Now faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Now that word, Word, in the Greek is rhema. So what it is, is our faith rises up when we hear God from His Logos, the written word, speaking to us personally, that rhema word. So I preach the word, the Logos, so that in the preaching of the word, you will hear that personal word, that rhema word, that personal word, you'll take it, and when you do that, a miracle will take place. The faith that is in you will rise up, flex its muscles, and take hold of or appropriate what Jesus has provided for us 2,000 years ago. Now, now, I don't know how that happens 
except I know when you do what God says, it happens. It's happened for me so many times. It's happening for me right now. Hallelujah. Now, my faith can take hold of anything and everything that God has provided in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. It is without a doubt. It is All the promises of God are what? Yea and amen in Christ Jesus. They're already yours. They're already yours, but you have to appropriate them. You have to take hold of them. You have to bring them into your life. How does that happen? Through faith. How does faith uh, reach out and take hold of it when the preaching of the Word is now become a revelation to you? It has become a reality to you that God wants you to experience the miracle. Not that God's just a miracle-working God, but God wants you to experience a miracle this week. He wants you to see His mighty hand of power manifest in your life this week. And when you'll receive that, your faith in the unseen realm brings that which has already been provided and manifest into the seen realm. Praise God. So this is an exciting week. We're hearing the preaching of the Word. Our faith is getting fueled, just like uh, we've got this uh, Pastor Radika. She's, where's she at? There she is. She's, she's so frugal. I'm telling you, she goes out to buy some stuff. And she's preparing something and needs some mint. And uh, so she looks at some chopped up mint. I reckon it was in a bag. And she looks at that in the grocery store. And then she sees this mint plant. And the mint plant was cheaper than the chopped mint. So she's like, rather than using this one-time mint and it's gone, I'll buy the plant. And then it'll keep growing. So she brings it home and, and, and she says, I don't have a green thumb, so you got to take care of this. So she gives it to me. So I put it in where I know it needs to go, and I begin to take care of it. Well, this thing's growing everywhere. I mean, it's growing everywhere. And as I give it the water and I put it in the right place for the right sun, it's just climbing and growing everywhere. We got mint smell. I probably smell that like it right now. Okay. And that's good. That's good. Well, that's how our faith is. We got to water our faith. We got to feed our faith. And then our faith will reach out of the container that it's in and it'll reach out and take hold of what God has. So let me give you a description of miracles straight from the Bible, okay? There are several words that are used for miracles in the New Testament that we want to look at. The first one is wonders, or wonders, and it comes from the Greek word terata. And it means to focus on the response of the recipient. It indicates a state of mind that is produced when we eyewitness a miracle. And it's a wonder. We're in awe, astonishment, excitement. See, God is looking at us. And He gives definition to miracle by how we even respond to it. He wants you to live in wonder. He wants you to live in awe. He wants you to see with your own eyes something so supernatural that your words can't even explain it. You know what I'm saying? He wants you this week to experience God in such a way that you're like dumb to even dumbfounded. You can't even say, oh, ah, you're just in wonder. I want you to experience that this week. And God does too. That, that, that the report comes back. It was this, but the report now says that. And you're just like, oh, wow, how did that happen? God, God, hallelujah. Another definition he gives in the Bible in the New Testament is signs. Simeon. And this word signs, it focuses on the miracle as an evidence of divine commission. And it's used in reference and significance of miracles being the seal of which God authenticates 
the miracle worker himself. He authenticates himself. He's like this. He's like, I'm not just big talk. I'm not just big talk. I say I'm a God who heals. Bam! You saw it. Now that's the sign, the seal, the delivery. Look at the healing. There it is. I'm a God that provides supernaturally. You were in a tight spot. You were between a rock and a hard place. There was no way you could have made this thing work out, but I opened the door that you had no idea of, and I brought resources. I am authenticating that I'm a God that is involved in your life. These are signs, or the simeons that he does. And then there are powers that he talks about, which is dunamis. We get our word dynamite. Dynamite. Okay, thinking about, uh, who is it? JJ, dynamite. Okay, uh, dunamis, power, focuses on the performance by a superhuman power. It focuses on God's manifest to do what man could not do. Dunamis, power. When the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment, he said, virtue has flowed out. Dunamis, power has flowed out. And what no doctor could do, what no money could do, what time couldn't do, what home remedies couldn't do, what nothing could do, God did supernaturally in her body by the dunamis, by the power that flowed out. Boy, Job supplies this magnificent description of God and His power. In Job chapter 9, verse 19, he says, if it's a matter of strength or power, he says, if you're thinking about studying strength or power, if that's the consideration, he said, look to God, for indeed He is strong. And that word strong in the Hebrew signifies a conquering, prevailing strength. It su suggests superlative degree, like He is the most strong. No one even compares to the Almighty God, the El Shaddai that we serve. Praise God. I'm here to encourage you that your God is on the throne, that your God is a miracle-working God, that your God has all power, that your God is good, that your God is provided for you, but He's provided a plan for you to tap in to that provision, and it's a plan of faith. And he gives us these definitions of the miracles. All three come together in Acts 2, verse 22. We see where Jesus the Nazarene, a man set forth by God to who? To who? Come on, it's right here on the screen, okay? Uh, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to who? Yeah. To you! To you! So it's us. He wants us to take this personal. And how, did, how does He want to do it to us personally? By miracles, wonders, and signs. We see Simeon, Teterata, and Dunamis right here, these three words. By these miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through Him as you yourselves know. I'm telling you, God has and continues to work through signs and wonders and miracles and He wants to do the same for you. See, miracle power was given to us, the church. Pastor Radika was talking earlier about uh, salvations, two salvations this morning in the Discover Embassy class. Let me tell you what. Miracles come to the church and came to us at our very birth, at our very birth. We see in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, uh, Jesus says, I give you authority. I'm giving you authority. You've got an exousia, authority, uh, to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the dunamis or the power of the enemy. So the enemy's exercising some dunamis. He's trying to exercise some power. But you and I have been given authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall hurt you. Let me tell you what. You've been given the authority. 
Let me, let me give you an example like this. Here you are, you own your property. I remember when we bought our land, we were uh, building, uh, going to build a house on. We hadn't yet cut the trees and done the site development. And I went there one day and someone had backed up in there and dumped a load of trash. Can you imagine? And this is my property. I own it. I have authority over this property. Do you think I was just going to let them dump their trash there and leave it? No, 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 no. I go and block them in. I can be a little cocky, you know, you, you, you violate me. And I go block them in and I say, you're going to pick up every scrap of this trash and actually you're going to leave it better than you found it. Or I'm calling the cops right now and we're going to deal with it through another authority. I own this property. You're not dumping your trash here. And they went really uh, very apologetic and they went very busily in picking up what they had dumped and cleaning up. And I'm like, there's branches over there. I know you didn't bring them, but they need to go too. And, you know, just go ahead. You know. And I was, I was, I mean, I was in my realm. This is my property. I paid for this property. This is legally mine. You're not going to just dump your trash. Well, I do my body the same way. Devil, you're not just dumping your trash on my body. You're not just going to come here and throw some sickness on me and throw some disease on me. You may try, and I may, I may have a little attack, in a, in a, but I'm going to fight against it. I'm going to fight against it. I'm going to put my foot down and say, no, no, no. We got to pick this mess up. You got to get these broken cells up. You got to get this trash up. You got to get this disease up. You got to get this virus out. Get it out of here. And why, by the way, there's a little trash over there on the exit. You got to take that. I'm going to be better off in the end than I was because of the trouble I've had to go through, through the fight. Hallelujah. So he tells us as the church in Acts 1 and 8, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Come on, church. We are the church. We are the ones he made this promise to, that we are going to receive power, power of the Holy Spirit. So we should not, we've been given the authority over all the power of the enemy, and we've been given the power now to live this life in a supernatural realm. Let me just go on and give you some more of the Logos so that you can get a rhema, a personal word from it, so that your faith will rise and you can expect miracles today and this week and not only expect them, but see them. 2 Timothy 1.7. God says, I didn't give it to you. Nope, it wasn't me. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. I didn't give you the spirit of fear. I didn't give you the spirit of intimidation. I didn't give you the spirit of, I just got to live with this. I didn't give you the spirit that I just got to live broke all my life. I didn't just give you the spirit that I don't, I, I'm intimidated. I can never rise up and be uh, this great person for God to bring influence and change or good into this world. I didn't give you that. He said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. He said, on the opposite, what I gave you is I gave you power. I gave you dunamis. I gave you dynamite. I gave you power. And I gave you love. And I gave you a sound mind. Isn't that what he says here? So we must not uh, allow fear to keep us living beneath the privilege of God. There's another one, 2 Timothy 3, 5. He says, in the last days, many will have a form of godliness, but they'll deny its power. I am shaking us up. We are not going to live with a form and deny the power. We're not going to act like Christians and not be Christians. We're not going to talk the religious talk, but not walk the religious walk. We're going to preach and practice what we preach because the Word of God is true. It's true. There is no reason we should deny the power of God. So no away with form and no power. 
I'm telling you what, we're going to take the form of serving God with the power of God, and we're going to take it into this week. You're going to take it into your home. You're going to take it into your business. You're going to take it into your physical body. You're going to take it into your family. You're going to take it into your relationships. We're going to take the power with us this week, and we're going to see the transformation here on earth that God has promised from heaven. Somebody say, Amen. Then Ephesians 6 and 10, he said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. He's encouraging us. Come on, Christians. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You've been given power. Now be, be strong. Be strong in it. You can't be strong in yourself because yourself is, will be defeated. The enemy will defeat you. But you've been given higher power. You've been given greater authority. You've been given the spirit of the living God. You've been given the dunamis of God. Hallelujah. Now exercise it. Be strong, he says. Exercise it and go forth in the power of his mind. Man, I love it. We get back to church history. Pastor Dick was talking about she studied history and, you know, uh, uh, secular history and biblical history and church history and all these things. Let me tell you what, I like going back to church history to see what God originally intended for us because I, sometimes if we get off track, we got to go back to the original. So in Acts 4.29, I mean, we're just two chapters away from Acts chapter 2 when you know, they've received the power of the Holy Spirit. They're on the day of Pentecost. So we're just two chapters away and look what's happening here. They, they get to a place that the enemy is trying to say, we're not going to let you. It's like, basically, I'm dumping my trash here, and I don't care what you say, we're going to keep dumping our trash here. And the church, they were intimidating the church. They were threatening the church. And there was a power showdown. So the church realized that their power didn't come from themselves, but came from the Spirit of God. So what they did is they get together and they, they pray this prayer. Here's their prayer. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we will speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs, there's that Simeon, and wonders, there's that Tarata, may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place they assembled together in was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Now two chapters earlier they were filled with the Spirit. Two chapters later they needed to be refilled with the Spirit. we got to be refilled with the Spirit of God to have the boldness of God to advance the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Somebody say in here, fill me Lord. Fill this house. Fill me, Lord. Fill this temple. Fill me with your spirit, Lord, afresh and anew for this day and this week. Praise God. Acts 5 and 12, it says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs, there's that Simeon, and wonders, terata, were done among the people. So signs and wonders were done before the people by their hands through the power of the Spirit of God. Acts 6 and 8 talks about Stephen. You remember Evangelist Stephen? And it says he was full of faith. He was full of faith. What does it take to operate in what God has for us? Faith. So full of faith, the Bible says he was full of faith and the power, the dunamis, and, the, and did great wonders, the tarata, and signs, the simeon, among the people. So when he was full of faith, he was able to do signs, wonders, and miracles among the people because the Spirit of God was flowing through him to bring this manifest. Now, I love this chapter of Romans, Romans 15. Look at verse 17. Boy, this is powerful. Remember, I'm giving you the Logos so that you can hear God speak to you, Arama. So you can take that word and you can take it into this day and take it into this week. 
Romans 15, 17, Therefore I glorify in Christ, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey by what I have said and done. And then he goes on to say, It was by the power, there's the dunamis, of signs, Simeon, and miracles, wonders, terata, through the power, dunamis, of the Spirit. So he puts it all together right there for us. So it was by the power of signs and miracles and through the power of dunamis of the Spirit of God that this was done. So from Jerusalem all the way around, uh, uh, he says, I fully proclaim the gospel of Christ, that I've always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it was written, those who were told uh, about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. Here Paul is operating under uh, the power of God, the power of God flowing through him, bringing the miracle manifest of heaven on earth. Hebrews 2 and 3 says this salvation was first announced by the Lord and it was confirmed. Remember I said miracles confirmed. Confirmed uh, to us by those who heard him. And God is also testified to it by signs. There's that Simeon and wonders, the Tarata and the various miracles, dunamis and gifts. He adds gifts there, distribution of the Holy Spirit according to his will. Praise God. So we've got biblical evidence, scripture after scripture after scripture of God using men and women in the New Testament church who by his spirit flowing through them is working wonders and signs and miracles uh, in and through His people, and that's what God wants to do for you. We study miracles more. We find there's a division of miracles, if you want to study it in that way. There are miracles that are power over nature. You know, the Red Sea. Who could part the Red Sea? Not man. Uh, the fire that came from heaven and consumed the sacrifice of Elijah on Mount Carmel. The stilling of the storm, the walking on the water, the fiery furnace that the three Hebrew children went through came out of it without even the smell of smoke or a singed hair on their head. Taking a boy's snack and feeding the multitude as Jesus did on several occasions and, and the rain that came and, and when the drought had been for so long and the, and the pillar of fire by night and the desert and the cloud by day. Oh, it goes on and on. God has power over nature. So don't you think, don't you ever, ever, ever doubt that God has power to help you in your circumstance or situation. He's bringing that sun up every morning and setting it in its place every evening. He's giving you the right balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide for the trees and the greenery and our lungs and all to live. He wants you to experience his supernatural power over nature. Also, there's power over disease. We see throughout the Scripture, man, God is healing disease. There, we're seeing uh, uh, in the Old Testament, we're seeing in the New Testament, He's a healer. He says, my name is Jehovah Rapha. I'm your great physician. I'm your God that heals you. He's healing the boils. He's healing leprosy. He's healing withered hands. He's healing the sicknesses and the fevers and the issue of blood and dropsy and, and blindness and deafness and dumbness and lameness and infirmities. It just goes on and on and on. Nothing. Nothing of disease or infirmity would ever pose uh, that he could not heal. He's a healer. He's a healer. Hear, hear, hear the Logos come become Rhema. He's my healer. He's my healer. He wants to heal me. He didn't want me to live with this thing. He didn't want me to just bow down and, and just surrender to it. He wants me to do like Pastor Tim did, pulled up and said, you dumping your trash here, pick it up. 
pick it up right now and clean it up. Get out of my body. Get out of my body. Now, Townsend and Caleb are sitting here, uh, two of our three kids. They'll tell you there's one thing that I, I, I get aggressive. I got aggressive that day. I didn't fight. I didn't say anything ugly. I just exercised my authority when they were dumping stuff on my property. Well, the kids can come home from school or something and say, well, there's a virus going around and everybody's getting sick. And I said, we don't receive that in here. And I almost say it that loud to where they jump. Morgan like, whoa, whoa. And they laugh at me. They say, dad's radical. He's crazy. But we're not allowing that in our house. I mean, that thing may try to get on us, but I'm pulling up my car and blocking it off and say, pick it up, get it out, get it out. I'm going to fight that. You think I'm just going to surrender and say, well, this thing goes for 10 days. We're just going to live with it for 10 days. This thing is, the doctor says it's incurable, so I'm just going to live with, the, with that thought that I got to live with this and adjust my life. And however long I got left to live, that's what I'm going to live. No! I'm going to say, my God's a healing God. He's a healer. And He's exercised power to heal throughout the Bible to keep us reminded that He's a healing God. I've got to get my faith. I've got to feed my faith just like I'm feeding that mint plant that's growing all over my window. I'm feeding my faith. I'm hearing the Word. I'm receiving that rhema word. This is my God, my healer. And I'm going to allow the faith of God to do what I can't do in the unseen realm. Uh, put me in a place where that power is released and flows and the healing is manifested. Amen. He, give, he gives power over death, we see in the Scripture. The widow's son, the Shunammite son, the you know, Enoch and Elijah, they actually miraculously missed death. The resurrection of uh, the one that was thrown in and his body touched uh, Elisha's bones. You remember that? They, they, they had this dead man and they put him in this tomb and there was the decayed bones of Elisha. And when this dead man uh, touched Elisha's bone, he came back alive. Can you imagine that? Those that Jesus raised from the dead. So even the threat of death does not shake me. Because I've got, I've got the evidence of God's Word that His miracle working power is even over death. And until my days that have been numbered by God come up, and I come up for expiration... I'm not letting the devil take one day of it. Not one day of it. He's not going to get it. Amen? Amen? And then we see throughout the scriptures that he exercised power over demons. The miracle of deliverance from the demoniac, uh, for the lunacy, for the unclean spirits. You may be wrestling with a spirit. Now, I know you say, I'm a Christian or I believe in Jesus. You know, how can I be wrestling with a spirit? Wake up. Who do you think the devil's going to vex and fight the hardest? Than those that are Christians. Paul says, I've been vexed from every side. Demons coming at me from every side. Now, if you were demon-possessed, you wouldn't even be sitting here right now. You'd probably be manifesting, and we'd be having to do what Jesus did until you shut up and sit down or escort you out or get that thing out of you and let it go into some pigs from the neighbors over here. Okay. But the vexing of spirits, I mean, they can come in and influence us and you may be dealing with an attitude that you feel like you're out of control over. You may be feeling, dealing with a, a substance that, that you feel like it's innocent, but that substance through these spirits are slowly and surely ruining your life, destroying your life, destroying not only your health, but destroying your relationships and everything else, destroying you financially, destroying your career, destroying your future family. I mean, the enemy, it doesn't play fair. He doesn't play fair. 
And what we see is Jesus shows us that as the church, he has given us authority to exercise his authority over all the powers, even demonic powers. So you don't have to live with that thing vexing you and, 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 and influencing you. You can rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You can submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to flee. That's what the Bible says. Amen. So we must see that God is triumphant over all human disorders, over all cosmic forces, and over the spirit world as well. But guess what? That's God, you say. Here's the word for you. John 14, 12. This is the word for you. Most assuredly, I say to you. Look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. I say it to you that he or she who believes in me the works that I do, Jesus said, you will also do. Even greater works than these will you do because I go to my Father and whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. So we must believe. And if we believe, we receive. So we've got to get this rhema word. I've got to believe. I've got to believe. And you may be like that father who told, he said, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm here helping your unbelief. That's what I'm doing right now. In the preaching of the word, through its foolishness, God supernaturally causes our faith to grow, our faith to rise. Hallelujah. Because faith is the key. Hebrews 11 and 1, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. It's faith. Faith. So we, we got to work our faith. Let me just talk a few minutes. I only have a few minutes left. Let me just talk a few minutes about faith. Did you know the Bible says faith is the only way to please God? Right. Hebrews 11 and 5. Without faith is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must what? Must believe. Must believe that He is. That's Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. And that He is a rewarder. That means He pays. He pays profit to those who diligently seek Him. Do you see that word, diligently seek him? Oh, let me get you out of your microwave Christianity. It's not going to be uh, set it and forget it. It's not going to be that. Your believing has to be a daily uh, event of life where you are taking your will, taking your mind, taking your emotions, taking your soulish realm, taking your spirit man, and taking your body, your flesh, and saying, I bow to the throne of Jesus Christ because I believe He is all that I need. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I surrender my all to Him. I take His word as literal. Jesus, I, I walk in Your word. I talk Your word. I declare Your word. I confess Your word. Your word is on my lips. I walk out your word because your word is real. Hallelujah. I'm not living by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how I live my life. That has, that's, that's believing. That's believing. So it's the only way to please God is by faith. Did you know some people tell me, well, pastor, you, God wanted you to be a preacher, so I know he gave you faith. But I don't have faith. And I have to say in a very nice way, I rebuke you. There was one man buying my lunch one day, told me he, he didn't have any faith. And because he was buying my lunch, I had to be really nice, you know. And I said, uh, well, you know, I'm going to so but kindly, sir, tell you that that's not what God says. I said in Romans 10, uh, Romans 12 and 3, the Bible says that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So we all have a measure of faith. 
Now, whether or not we're nurturing our faith, growing our faith, uh, doing, you know, putting our faith in an environment that stimulates our faith is a, another thing, but we all have been given a measure of faith. And, and as I said in Romans 10, 17, faith comes to us in greater measure. So it can grow. He gave you the seed of faith, but you've got you to you garden it. You've got to take care of it. You've got to feed it. I tell you what, when that Townsend was born 19 years ago, you know, I, if I could have calculated the food that it was going to take to bring him to 19, I would have been in wonder, you know? You know? Not just him, he, he doesn't eat excessive amount, but like any of us coming up from 0 to 19. But I had to feed him to make him the strong man he is today. I had to give him nurture and nourishment for him to be here. Same with all of us. Same with all of us. So our faith is the same way. If I'd have just left him in uh, that bassinet and didn't feed him, he would have shriveled up and he would have died, just like all of us would have. So you got to feed your faith. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So by you being here every Sunday and you coming out on Wednesday, let me tell you what, your faith, you may not even realize, but your faith is growing. It's growing. It's putting out new sprouts and new branches and you're, you're, and, and you're just building on what you had before. And the Bible also tells us that faith grows in us like a fruit. So, so it's growing in us, not only coming to us, but it's growing in us. In Galatians 5.22, one of the fruit of the Spirit is faith. So faith, that faithfulness of being full of faith, comes to us as it grows. So if you're not mature yet, don't say, it just don't work for me. Come on now. You don't go and pick the flower off of the bush because you know the flower is going to turn into the fruit. Be patient. Be patient, keep nurturing, keep believing, keep saying, keep declaring, and you'll see the fruit come into your life. You can't give up. Weary not in well-doing, for you will reap. You will reap if you faint not. Isn't that what the Bible says? And then we see that faith must be used. Faith is like muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. James 2 and 20, he says, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. I remember there was a Marine. Sister Betty, your grandson, Benjamin, when Benji had that, I uh, forget exactly what happened to him, but uh, here's this Marine, but he had to go in the hospital. He was in there a couple of weeks, and I was up there visiting him, and he, he had tears running down his, eye, out, down his face. And I said, what's wrong, man? I said, I hear this thing, they, they're getting you healed up, and you're going you're gonna to make it. He said, well, I tried to walk today, and I fell. And I said, you fell? You trip over something? He said, no. He said, man, if you know, Pastor, the things I've climbed over and gone through in preparation as a Marine, you, you Marines will know what I'm talking about. And uh, he says, and now I can't even walk. Because I've laid here these several weeks, my muscles have deteriorated. And now they got me in physical therapy to teach me how to walk again. He said, I'm a young, strong man, but I'm having to learn to walk again. Well, it rem immediately I thought of faith. Man, we don't use our faith. It shrivels up. Our faith, the enemy comes in and causes it to, to uh, become a coward, you might would say, rather than the authority that we're supposed to have. So what I want to close with this morning is with this, that God wants you and me to go through this day and through this week expecting miracles. And not only expecting miracles, the word expectation means like a woman pregnant, she's going to give birth to the baby. Okay, it's not just a, a pie in the sky, a dream. He wants you, and maybe you want to start on one thing. Let me tell you, God's awesome enough to do many things at once, okay? 
But if you need to just believe him for one thing, I want you to get focused on what are you going to believe God for this week? What are you going to believe God for? The miracle manifest of heaven in your life. He is encouraging you. He sent me here to, to strengthen you, to, to shake you, to remind you, to preach to you, to teach you, and to do everything I can to get you to believe Him, not me, but Him, for miracles this week. He wants to show Himself mighty on your behalf. He wants to do a miracle in your life. He wants to do a miracle in your life, but He set it up that His miracles are tapped into by faith, by faith. And our faith has to be worked. So I've encouraged you in your faith today. The Word of God is encouraged in your faith. But as we close, I want you to focus. What am I believing God for this week? I need a miracle. Lord, show me what I need. If you don't even know you need a miracle, say, Lord, show me what I can believe you for. I, I, you know, maybe deliverance, maybe uh, healing in your body, maybe, uh, you know, provision in your, in your home, whatever it may be. And then go out like blind Bartimaeus. You say, what? Yes, go out like blind Bartimaeus. Remember the story of blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10? Uh, he, he hears Jesus is passing by. And he begins to shout. I'm telling you what, that's what we got to do. We got to believe so much that we, we begin to get aggressive. We get aggressive. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all he'd known was blindness. But he had heard that this Jesus was a miracle worker. And that Jesus had opened blinded eyes. And Jesus was causing the lame to walk. And he says, I'm not going to miss my moment. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And just like the devil, the people began to tell him, shut up, shut up. Don't mess with the man. Don't disturb him. Leave him alone. But the Bible says Jesus stopped and he said, call him to me. I'm telling you, Jesus is willing to stop the whole movement of cosmos in order to work a miracle. He came to work miracles. He's a miracle working God. That's his character. It's his nature. It's who he is. And he wants to stop and work a miracle in your life this week. And here, he said, call him to come unto me. And so they called the man. They said, cheer up. Get on your feet. He's calling you. So he threw his cloak aside. Anything that would trip him up. And he jumped up and he ran to Jesus. And Jesus, he says, I want to see. And Jesus says, go. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and began to follow Jesus. I hear the Spirit of God saying that you must know that that your God is present. He is passing you by this week and He wants to hear a cry out from you. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. I believe you're the miracle worker and I'm ready to receive your mighty power in and through my life. Ephesians 3.20, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we would ask or think according to the power that works in us. It works in us. To Him be the glory in and, the, in and through the church of Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. He wants to work the power through you. He wants to work His miracle power through you. He wants you to expect a miracle. He wants you to call on a miracle. He wants you to thank Him for the miracle. He wants you to start bragging on Him as a miracle worker. Hallelujah. He's a miracle working God. 
And the greatest miracle of all, as he said in the opening, is all of this comes to those who are in Christ. The power flows to those who are in Christ. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? I hear a lot of yeses, but there may be a doubt. And if there's a doubt in the house, let me tell you how to be in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you will confess with your mouth, not my mouth, but your mouth, that Jesus Christ is your Lord. That means you're surrendering to Him. Lord, you're surrendering to Him. Jesus, I surrender to you. I want you to be in charge of my life. You created me with purpose and destiny, and if I'm outside of you, I'll never fulfill what you created me to do. I come to you, I yield to you, I surrender to you. Jesus Christ, you are my Lord. And the Bible says if you'll confess His Lordship and believe, and believe, and believe that God has raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. And that word saved, in, in sozo, and it means to be healed, means to be delivered, it means to be prospered, it means to be made uh, secure uh, throughout eternity. Hallelujah! So there is great sal- greatness to His salvation that hits us here on this ground that while we're still around and in heaven as well. Have you confessed His Lordship over your life? If not, let the greatest miracle of all take place right now. Because no other miracles can really flow through you consistently unless you're in Him. Let's stand together. Father God, as we stand in Your presence, we say thank You. We've got this mindset that authorities are so busy. They're just so busy. They're too busy to be bothered with us. And here you are cutting us off. You, you, you're coming, cutting us off everywhere we go to remind us that I'm not too busy. I'm God. I'm your God. I'm your miracle worker. I am your healer. I am your deliverer. I am your savior. I just want a relationship with you. I want to do it in you and through you. Come on, I created you for this. Lord, thank you that you love us that much. And I pray every one of us would get that rhema word today. That, Lord God, you want that personal, intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And through that precious relationship also comes the provision of great power. Miracle working power. That we would go about expecting miracles in our lives. Hallelujah. And as Paul said, to you be the glory and the honor and the praise for them all. Lord, I thank you that we don't serve you running after signs and running after wonders. Lord, I'm glad that's not. That's what the heathen do. But Lord, you said these signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. So it's not that we're running after them. These are the things that are manifesting through our lives. So Lord God, we're giving you praise for them. Lord, help each and every person right now. Lock in on what is the miracle I need today, this week? What is the miracle I'm going to believe you for? You asked you ask Barnabas, what, what can I do for you? He said, oh, master, what I'm believing for is that I can see. And he says, because you have faith to believe that you can see, go. Your faith has made you whole. You can see. What are we believing you for, God? Just ask him, Holy Spirit, help me. What is the greatest struggle? What is the greatest challenge? What is the thing that's holding me back? What is the thing that's robbing my joy? What is the thing that is keeping me from fulfilling the purpose that you have for me? What is it? Lord, 
help me focus on that. And help me, Lord God, get my faith in the right gear that I can reach out and appropriate it as I believe in your healing power and your deliverance power and your miracle working power. And if there's anyone here, Lord God, who's outside of you today who wants a relationship with you, I pray with them right now. And if you would pray with me and say, Jesus, Jesus, just if any, let's do it together, all of us, and help those around us make that declaration. Jesus, Jesus, Son of the living God, you came to this world that sinners might be saved. I'm a sinner, and I'm reaching out to you. Come and be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender to your Lordship, Jesus you're my Lord and my Savior. Now live in me. Live through me to bring glory to our Heavenly Father. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah.